On this day, the people of Jerusalem were gathering to celebrate Jesus' life and ministry as they perceived him. Nobody had any idea of the emotions and the events that this week would bring. There would be blame and celebrations, but there would be tears and heartaches like never experienced before. Were they looking in the right place? Are we looking in the right place? Let us pray. Lord, we come before you seeking to experience your passion, seeking to understand and connect our passion to yours, recognizing this journey you are on is also a journey you call ourselves to come along. So Lord, set me aside that you may speak to us, you may call us, and we may respond accordingly. In your name we pray. Amen. Six days before his death, Jesus entered a community of high expectations. This Jesus, he could be the very one to reestablish the kingdom of David and everything would be all right. They knew that he came in the name of the Lord, but his role would not be as king, but as a Messiah, which meant one of suffering and death and resurrection. Not exactly who the people had expected. Perhaps not exactly what we have expected, but exactly who they and us here today need. We often look at the good part of Jesus' story. You know, the warm and fuzzy Easter, we love Easter, but we don't often spend much time on the cross. We know Jesus died on the cross. We know that the cross is part of Jesus' story, but we don't often spend time to know what it must have been like for Jesus to make that journey. And if we're honest, we really don't want to take that journey <coughs> ourselves. But if we want to experience Easter, if we want to understand Easter, then we have to. This year, as you know, we're going to spend each Sunday in Lent as a day in the earthly life of Jesus' ministry, focusing on his passion and pouring ourselves into his story. It's a painful story. And when we engage it, it can be a painful story for us, just like it was for Jesus. We cannot skip the hard part. We can't skip the fear, the uncertainty, the loss, the death, and the grief. But as we engage it, we can hold on to the hope, for Easter is on the horizon. People often get confused on how long Lent is. Each time, each year during this time, I get asked, is Lent 40 days or 46 days? What do you think? Anybody willing to guess? I don't hear many guesses. Yes. 
I gave you one of two answers. Yes, is that what you said? That's, that's probably a good answer. Technically, by days, it is 46 days. But each Sunday, and there's six, are considered to be little Easter's. And some people feel that they can take a break on these little Easter's during, from the discipline of the other 40 days. But here's the truth. The fear, the pain, the uncertainty, the loneliness, the death, and the grief does not take a break on Sundays. And if we're honest, Sundays don't always feel like resurrection. Taking this Holy Week journey with Jesus day by day helps us realize. It helps us picture that our difficulties and our journey were also part of the human journey of the divine in Jesus. So we hope this journey will help us to not only understand Jesus' story better, but help us to understand our stories better. We will have to make this journey with care and with compassion. For who knows what we might discover as we enter the story deeply. So today we begin with Palm Sunday, a story that is told in all four Gospels which help inform our own story. And how do the symbols and action of this Palm Sunday parade lead us to the symbolic action of the cross? Jesus' whole ministry, since his birth, since his baptism, and since the calling of the disciples have been all about this moment, this final journey into Jerusalem. Into Jerusalem, We have Jesus, we have the disciples, we have the crowd, the palm branches, but often overlooked is the story of the donkey. Now some versions say colt and some say colt and donkey. When Jesus and Mary traveled to Bethlehem, they were most likely on a donkey. When Jesus enters Jerusalem, what does he enter on? A donkey. Go hee-haw, there you go. I was waiting on somebody. You got it. This Palm Sunday story in Matthew and in Mark begins by telling Jesus, telling two of his disciples to go and get a donkey. Now, unfortunately, taking a donkey from the common people was a common practice of the Romans. But Jesus promised to do something different or to tell the disciples to do something different. Did you catch what it was when Mandy was reading? But to bring it back. To bring the donkey back. And what's significant about this donkey? He had never been ridden before. At our Thursday morning Bible study, the question came up, how would you like to ride an animal that had never been ridden before? Any takers? A beast that was to be used for a sacred purpose must never have been used for any other purpose. Jesus' journey into Jerusalem was a sacred act. It wasn't just a celebration. But how often do we confuse the two. How often do we fail to grasp what that might mean? 
Jesus, Jesus knew what it meant, but what about the people of Jerusalem? What about us? We will see in the days leading up to Easter. Fortunately, Easter still holds the sacred, but let us not miss what leads to it. And how might entering into the story of Jesus inspire us, encourage us, and call us to live it out today? And what stories from our own life do we miss out on the sacredness because of the focus on the celebration? When what times in our life do we get blinded by the pain that we miss God's active presence around us. That's why it's so important for us to connect God's story to our story and then to live out that story accordingly. I hope this Lenten season will be different for us. It'll be different this year for you and for all of us as we picture ourselves in God's story. Perhaps even as we look around seeing God's story working itself out around us. To help us, let us focus on the sacredness of Holy Week. To come into a town on a donkey meant you were coming into town as a king. We think of a donkey as a lowly animal, and in Palestine it was actually highly regarded. Now, when kings entered a town for war, they came on a horse. But when they entered the town for peace, what did they come on? A donkey. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, he came in from the east on a donkey. When Pilate, the governor of Judea, entered Jerusalem, he came in on the west on a horse. Now, do we know what big city was to the west? But Rome. Rome, the seat of political power where much of this tension with Jesus lies. A reminder that what little they had in Jerusalem now belonged to Rome. Jesus, the king of peace, is coming riding on a donkey. On the scripture from the Old Testament, the prophet Zechariah that you heard earlier says that the king who would save them would come humble, mounted on a donkey. The people, the crowd knew these words of the prophets, but the people still seemed to want a king on a horse. They didn't notice that he was on a donkey. A detail I imagine that they'll look back in a few days and say, I wish, why didn't I, if I'd only realized. What was it that the people shouted as Jesus entered Jerusalem? Hosanna. Hosanna. We know what that word means. Mandy told us. It's a word of save now. It's a praise and blessing. Some thought it was a cry of rebellion from the Psalms. But it's a word of salvation. The people were looking for a king who would save them from their trials and hardships like a college basketball coach to save their team and lead them to a championship. The people wanted a political king, a conquering king, 
a king who would lead them in battle, a king who would protect them. Sometimes, sometimes we need to step back and look to Jesus, not just for what we need or for our own interest. Remember what the shout of the people said? Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The one who comes is transcribed as Messiah. They know the Messiah is to come. They're expecting him. They believe that Jesus is him. But they are looking for their Messiah. Not the Messiah that God has sent. That's what happens when our story and God's story are disconnected. On Palm Sunday, Jesus enters Jerusalem in a public procession. His disciples are behind him. They are afraid. They know Jesus is a wanted man in, in Jerusalem. They know that his entry surely signifies his death is about to happen. But Jesus knows why he enters. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is actually a contradiction to all that the people had hoped for. And expected. Where would you be in this picture and this parade? Where would you be in the crowd? Where would you be in the story? What a sad testimony in how little the world has probably changed since then. For Jesus stands in contradiction to what the world today says. Is important. Where do you find your hope? What are and whom are you looking for today? A king? One that would rescue from your hardships and your trials and your enemies? Or one who would walk with you as you humbly approach the throne of grace? This season of Lent becomes for us a very time to re-examine our priorities and our passions. Jesus knew what lies ahead of him. He knew the sufferings. He knew the trials on this road to victory. He knew that the cheers from the crowds on Palm Sunday were not reliable. He would soon be weeping over Jerusalem and we would soon realize his entry cannot be separated from the cross. Many of you commented on the Ash Wednesday service we just had a few days ago. A moving time of personal reflection as we contemplated Christ preparing the canvas of our lives. What picture is to come for you? What scene will be painted on your journey to the cross? Lent becomes that season in which we weep out of desperation for the brokenness of our community and for our own brokenness. Realizing we are not perfect, we'll never be made perfect, and we'll only be made whole through the death of Jesus Christ. And we seek forgiveness for the role we have, been, we have portrayed 
and having this all together and perhaps the injustices that we are guilty of. So for many, for us, it's time that we get off our high horses, our war horses, and get on our donkeys, or at least walk humbly by the side of the one who's riding on it, even if we are not certain of what story comes next. We can be certain. We can be absolutely certain in this, though, that the one who holds it, who holds the story, we can be certain in the direction that he's headed. And we can be certain in what lies ahead. By celebrating Palm Sunday today, we don't just have a few days to prepare for Easter, but we have several weeks. Where or to whom will you be looking? Will you follow Jesus over these weeks from a curious distance, or will you ignore him altogether? Or will you seek to see where your story perhaps intersects with his story? So let us take time to examine our life and offer to God that which holds us back from fully experiencing him. Let us surrender to God that which blinds us from seeing what lies on this side of Easter. And what is that? The cross. And let us trust that he is preparing the canvas of our lives if we will just give him the paintbrush. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.